What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review as it helps us out quite a bit. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, uh, please make sure you go check out our web store as well. Go ahead and pick up some cool coffee mugs. I'm going to have coffee mugs on sale. Uh, if you're one of those people that shot me an email about a coffee mug, I've been a thousand miles a minute with this new like trialing sailing gig, which I'll dive into another podcast when I have the time. But uh, yeah, I'm trying out for a professional sailing team right now. And my life has been a thousand miles a minute a minute as you can tell i'm just like jumbling over my words but uh anyways uh let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode oh oh well first yeah please make sure you email me and uh hit me with an address and i'll try to get you something out before thanksgiving and i'm so sorry if i missed you i'm trying to go through back through my uh instagram dms and see who who emailed me originally but uh yeah and i'll also put a thing up in my instagram story make sure i get you guys uh, a mug. Um, also, Mammut um, is a sponsor of the podcast this week, and uh, they make some of the coolest hiking gear that you can think of. So be sure to go check out Mammut at mammut.com. Um, they have avalanche gear, they have hiking gear, and all that good stuff. Also, Rumple guys they're back for another episode so make sure you go check out rumple they have some of the coolest blankets and towels you can ever think of and guess what they have a sale going on from november 14th to november 24th uh everything is 25 percent off and uh yeah so be sure to go check that out um but i don't leave without it i'm currently selling my van right now um but i'm not selling any of my rumple blankets that i use for it um so yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of, of the products that Rumpel makes. I mean, you can even find them. First off, if you, if you don't want to go to their website and, and kind of just go support a store, I know that they're in some some local stores. They're also in REIs. I found them in REIs. Um, but uh, yeah, it's some of, the, some of the most high quality blankets you can get your hands on. So go make sure you go check out rumpel.com. Like I said, they got a sale going on all next week. Uh, so be sure to check that out. But I tried the ad reads for the first go of the podcast. Let me tell you a little bit about what this episode is going to be about. And it's with an ex teammate. Like we didn't really know each other all too well, but we got to race a little bit together. His name's Kyle Penny. Uh, he's gotten to ski racing and uh, coaching ski racing and coaching. Uh, he's been a ski racer for a long time, but uh, now he's coaching high school kids all over the world. And uh, he's getting the opportunity to uh, kind of tell his story about why he left cycling to go do this. So anyways, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Kyle Penny. Wow, what is going on? Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. I'm sitting here with Kyle Penny, who was, I guess, yeah, he was a teammate. And then, um, yeah, we just, I parted ways with the team and that I was running at the time and uh you went on to do bigger and better things too i think i think we were just both burnt out of cycling huh well after after uh we both parted ways from that team i went over to race for gotten plan for oh. two years i think yeah what was so let's go ahead and dive into this what like how do you find yourself into cycling because like you're now a ski instructor um yeah what like how do you uh, how do you end up in cycling in the cycling world and, and racing you know bikes so i went to a ski academy from 2009 to 2014 and just my dad raced 
when he was younger and uh all i mean he stopped racing a couple of years ago now but still rides um so i always just rode with him in the summers when i was home training uh for ski racing and then uh i guess i graduated in 2014 from the ski academy and um nobody i didn't go ski in college and found a path into into bike racing and kind of stuck with that for i guess five years okay until i just I, well i broke myself <laughs> yeah at armed forces in 20 would that have been 19 i think uh then COVID happened and i guess life changed a little bit for where i wanted to go and what i wanted to do and took a full-time job ski racing coaching in new york yeah and so what's what's that like like what's it like you know making that transition is it like is it like the best decision you ever made i think the cool thing is with cycling or and the hard thing is with cycling right like you're in this like you know give it your all sacrifice everything um lose a lot of relationships and not a lot of money and you kind of <laughs> you put a you pour a lot in and you get you don't get a lot out but it's kind of like it's like that, you know, partner of yours that you just like, you know, you keep coming back to, like, it shows, you no love, but you keep showing it all the love and you just keep coming back to it. Like, do you feel like you kind of ripped a bandaid or do you miss cycling? Like what, you know, what's your thoughts on this? You know, it's funny because my fiance kind of gives me a hard time about it that yeah. I haven't touched a bike since I guess it would have been April of 2020. I've not. So it's been that bad. So it's been that bad. It's like, it's like, I haven't even kicked you. You haven't even kicked your leg over a bike since 2020 of April. Yeah. I mean, it was, I trained. So I had shoulder surgery in September of 2019. Uh, Yeah. I had a full bicep tendon tear. uh, Jeez. Completely destroyed the labrum so i have 12 anchors holding my left shoulder together currently um so i trained that whole winter expecting to go back to racing and then obviously COVID happened and uh that fall i fall of 2019 i took a job to be a ski racing coach and um i don't know something something changed in that time frame I, i don't I don't have an answer, I guess. Yeah. But I went home back to Pennsylvania um, and I continued to ride for maybe a week or two. Yeah. And I literally got on the bike path from my house and made it five miles and turned around. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And that was it. Whoa. And so was that? like, was it like a hard process or was it just like, uh, fuck this, I'm done? Like, you woke up the next day and it was just like a whole nother new day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like when I left the cycling world, it was, it was hard. And I still even haven't really left the cycling world. Like I, unfortunately, like my training is tailored towards, yeah, I have to ride a bike every once in a while. So, um, for you, it's kind of like, well, you just need to ski, you know? And even then you're a ski coach. So it's like, I don't know how much skiing you have to do as a coach. Right. Or I, uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I think I actually skied one day last year, just my mom and brother and sister came up and visited my fiance and I, and 
I think we skied for four hours and that was about it. Like that was the one that oh, wow. I actually skied. Um, but no, like when I, when I left the bike, you know, I kind of had it in my head that I didn't want to do it anymore. I, I don't yeah. know when or what, at what point, but you know, when I got home, I was like, I'm done. Like, that's it. And the realization that it, that I was done had it, I don't know. It was such a weird time. Like, yeah. You know, I knew there wasn't going to be much bike racing and it was kind of like, well, why am I doing this? You know, what's yeah. the purpose of this anymore? Cause the, you know, at that time period, like no one knew what the hell was going on. You know, no one knew. Yeah, that's a good point. If there were races, when there were races, like nobody knew. So I don't know. I, I can't say COVID forced me out, but maybe a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Was, is the missus a bike rider or like, does she have no. a background in cycling? Oh, and so she just no. gives you shit to give you shit then. No, so it's she, not like she's she, going out to the races. She's just curious no, about you. She's not a bike racer by any stretch. She, yeah. you know, has ridden a bike in the past and wants to get back into bike riding. And, you know, I still have a Wahoo kicker and she uses that and hooks it up to Zwift and she wants to go out on the road. And I just, I don't have, I don't know. I'm not at that point where I want to get back on a bike again. Wow. <laughs> no, that's, that's kind of wild. And so like, even with this new gravel spear and like this whole like new fad of lifestyle cycling, it just doesn't, doesn't spark your fancy. No. Yeah. No. And so, I mean, maybe, you... maybe in a couple of years. I, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Well, so I think you came up near around a time when crit racing and cycling was like at its pinnacle. Like, in, yeah. and, and I think you raced, you know, oddly enough, I think, I think you probably were one of, and I, I don't, I don't really know your upcoming, but like you were one of those guys that probably saw the glamorous the glamour shots of crit cycling. And then like, by the time you made it to that level, the glamour had already wore itself out. Like it, like crit racing wasn't that glamorous anymore. Um, but there was yeah. a solid time where like, you know, gut and plan and it was an in cycle. And like, there was like a lot of like big, big teams. And then there was this time where it was like the script had flipped and there was like more club teams in the pro one, two ranks than there were actual team teams and so what was your like what was your thoughts on that so i guess my first year you know cat one pro whatever you want to call it anymore i don't even know what it is anymore because apparently everybody's a pro these days <laughs> yeah but um no my first year racing you know uh ncc level crits was when mountain khakis was still around i guess it wasn't mountain khakis and it was smart stop or what is the... what is what is ncc like some people like this podcast i don't think was even existed when ncc existed so i'm gonna let you it was talk the about national NCC. national crit calendar which i guess when... was usa crits right no no that was strictly usa cycling that ran oh NCC. yeah yeah that's right that's right and then usa crits still existed then but they were kind of going through like a restructuring phase and that was back in 
I don't know, 2016, probably maybe yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. That it, sounds was, about right. it, it was the last year. I think Chris Thader in Binghamton was still around. So maybe 16. Oh, I, forgot, I forgot all about that race too. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was my first year. Like I raced with Ryan DeWald and, and Skyline that year and Wes Klein and Davey Dawson and all those guys. And they took me around and took me under their wing and like would put me in the freaking train with like UHC and total like shock to the system when that would happen. Yeah. I mean, it was, I still remember those days. Like, yeah, those are more of the days that I remember than like the USA crits days. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it almost like started like once us UHC folded, like it started to lose its luxury of crit cycling, which is really funny to yeah. say as an athlete that was on the other end of getting the shit kicked in by UHC. But like crits changed after that. Yeah, it was, I mean, in that time period, it was very, I don't know, business-like, I guess, you know, you race, you go, you leave. Yeah. And then it turned into, you know, the years after that, and maybe not immediately, but I mean, I remember like the Levine days, right? Like down in Athens. Yeah. We would race Athens, finish Athens, go home, shower, go back out to Athens and party. Yeah. Like there was a total different, I don't know. It was a totally different thing then. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it it was a weird life. I think like even in the crit circuit and I, I was a part of many teams that were like on the back end and I was a part of a team that was winning these races. And unfortunately I don't think I was the help to the team that was winning the races, but I was, you know, I was there existed. Um, it was one of those things, but yeah, like it, it, it really like the crazy thing is, is the team dynamic really didn't change. So like Mm-mm. it was race party, race party race party race party like you're winning losing whatever you're racing and partying and so i guess like how does that find you into ski racing because you kind of have to like when in cycling even though it's like a it's something that you dedicate your life to and it's something you dedicate all this time to there's probably like a time where you're kind of like you know how do you find the energy to invest that much you know, passion or something like that into something else, like, you know, being a ski racing coach. It's actually funny because there were a lot of, uh, a lot of cyclists that either transitioned to ski racing or ski racers that transitioned to bike racing. Yeah. Like, uh, Colby Lang. Yeah. Yeah. For example, ski racer went bike racer. Yeah. Chris, I think it was Chris Horner, Levi Leipheimer, one of the two. Uh, you know, ski racer went bike racer. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of similarities in ski racing and bike racing. And I think that's why I picked it up. And that's why I'm still in, you know, still in the business Yeah. of it. Um, I mean, it's the travel's no different. Like you show up for a four day ski race series and you're out. I mean, obviously I'm coaching high schoolers, so they're not going out and partying, but yeah, <laughs> like we yeah. did after you know bike races, but uh, yeah, you know, it's still the same, at least you same hope, structure. at least it, you, you hope know, not as the coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, you spend months and months and months training, you know, we're in copper Colorado right now for preseason yeah. camp training and you know, 
the guys spent all summer in the gym. And uh, I mean, it, the similarities and comparisons are so similar um, just with the training and the, the racing and putting so much time in the training. And it's for a very small amount of a race, you know, yeah. like a ski race is anywhere from a minute to two minutes. Yeah. You know, you train hours and hours and hours on a bike and for what, a 60 minute race or an half long race. Yeah. I mean, depending on what you're doing, right? Like, I mean, on the track, you know, yeah. you could end up doing a minute as well. Right. You know? And right. so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a mix. And even on the, some of those tracks, time trial stuff, like you are just focused on that. So that you're not racing many other races, you know? No. And so, but how does that find you there? Like, how did they, how did you, I mean, I understand that you have this skiing background, but you know, what, what made you want to jump headfirst into this? Well, I actually started coaching right out of high school. Um, yeah. Just on the weekends, you know, for my local club that I grew up in, in Pennsylvania and, mm -hmm. uh, kind of took more of a leadership role on there and, I was running my uncle's business at the time and bike racing and kind of doing a lot. Um, yeah. And we shut the business down. And so I was unemployed at that point. And my uh, dorm parent that, or I guess the academy I went to, the dorm parent I had, he works at the same place I do now. Yeah. But uh, he called me randomly out of the blue i hadn't talked to him in years and he's like hey i know you're coaching do you want to come coach full-time this winter i was oh, like wow. sure um so i started out you know at, the, at a younger age level um with uh, their u14 so they're 12 and 13 years old and then um i kind of bounced around a little bit from there. And when I was in Pennsylvania, I was kind of bouncing around from different age groups, but I guess to answer your question, right? Like it's like cycling. You're always going to be in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's, you know, all I know, I didn't go to college yeah. in my uncle's business, but ski racing's all I know. And, you know, I have a gift of coaching young kids and you know i gotta give that gift to to everybody else or to kids that want to be good right like yeah yeah no that's awesome man i think it's sick and so what exactly are you there for now you're in copper mountain you guys just got some snow in colorado right <laughs> yeah it just snowed i don't know foot foot and a half something like that yeah yeah it's been um, dumping there for a bit yeah no we're just here for uh preseason training camp okay so we're here till the 21st and then we fly back east and hope that temperatures are cold enough in new york that there's um, a little snow that snow is made and we can go right back to training sweet and then our first races are uh december 3rd and 4th i think cool cool no that's sick and so for the podcast uh there's a there's a hot topic of conversation here at the Outta Collective with uh, the Pursuit Podcast, we we've been canceled several times from the ski mm -hmm. community. What is your opinion on Telemark skiing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is my opinion? 
I'm not trying to get you canceled too, but um, yeah, we're we're in, we're in some current troubles and some heat and some under some fire. At least Adam X says I'm not. I'm I'm in the clear because I, I I'm so green to skiing. I don't, I don't know enough to really give a fuck. But they they the, the people care. The people care. You know I I have tellied before, and yeah. it was probably about ten years ago. Yeah, and it's a shitload of fun. Uh. Do you look down on people that don't telly hard enough? No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I honestly don't pay much attention. I okay. Mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm very, especially in the winter, like I'm very confined to one trail and I don't see much other than that. Yeah. You know, but I think telly, telly skiing is pretty sweet. Like if you're fucking good at it, like it's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a funny thing. I think right now what's going on is essentially the, you know, we're making fun of the pretentiousness that can be backed behind <laughs> telemark skiing. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 staying out of it partially due to ignorance. Um, <laughs> but uh, I always love to stir the pot and keep the fire going, and that's uh, that's Adam X's job. And so, uh, but anyways, like, what what is your goals? I guess with with uh, ski coaching and, and I guess with these high schoolers and more or less in Kyle Penny's life. Cause like when I met you, it was like, you wanted to become a pro cyclist. I think that was like a thing that you wanted to do. And like, that's a thing that you had a dream of doing. And you know, what I learned in, in cycling, a lot of it is about who, you know, and like how you fit in and timing really, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's pretty similar again like in ski racing like it's such a small community yeah and uh yeah (laughs) this uh, it's so similar it's like scary similar how yeah you know the more people you know the higher you go you know the better opportunities you can get yeah does it not just get fucking wearing though what does that you know like just like you know feel like you're kind of like beating your head against the wall for based on who you know you know what i mean yeah yeah it does <laughs> yeah yeah and it's more or less like and sorry to get super heavy but it's more or less like you know because like in cycling it's like you know you have a team of like two good guys and the rest are just kind of like the bros of the two good guys nine times out yeah. of ten um and you're saying that skiing is somewhat a little similar. So my thing is, is like, it's got to get exhausting, right? It does. Um, especially like, uh, when you're, when you're trying to move around, right. And find your next opportunity. Yeah. You know, that kind of can get hard because again, mm-hmm. it's all in who, you know, right. Like if you have morning in with this person, like they're going to give that person a shot over somebody yeah. that's, that they don't know so yeah it's not easy it's sometimes it's like beating your head up against the wall and um you know it is what it is and you got to keep going and meet people and get better as a coach and keep going i guess yeah no i think that's sick dude and and like honestly i think it's i think it's kind of kind of cool it kind of shows the passion right like i think if you were if you were a bit worn out on it like you would you would bail out right like you would you would you know 
not give it the time of day just kind of like how cycling was you ride five miles down the road and you're like oh fuck this <laughs> hit, yeah hit the flip but, switch i mean you look at you look back at my career right like a couple podiums here and there and then 2018 or whatever it was you know i controversially won the usa crits u23 series yeah and the next year i was third yeah so i mean there's highs and lows to everything um why was it controversial <laughs> the points weren't counted right supposedly oh shit so apparently so... It, the points were never actually released yeah it was all a bunch of bullshit and yeah. it never got really sorted out um did you get paid for it oh hell no yeah that was a time period where they were under pro or over promising and under delivering. Yeah. I remember our whole money thing, which I won't even dive into this on the podcast, oh, but I, I, mean, I, I remember that whole mess, but man, like that oh, whole, yeah. like literally I do not miss those days of just no. like, you know, promoters promising one thing and teams promising another thing and like money going this way, money going that way. And people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you show up to a race and it's a ten thousand dollar payout, and they go, "Oh, actually, five grand." Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Fucking cut it on the starting line. It's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. It definitely does yeah. ruin the night. But, anyways, I don't want to keep you too late, so I want to get I want to get one more question out of you, um, dude. If you could have a cup of coffee with one individual, dead or alive, who would that individual be? How would you take your coffee? And then, uh, why would you have coffee with this individual? anybody in the world dude it's like dead or alive you can talk to i mean hell i don't know why you'd do it but you can talk to putin or hitler actually i think somebody did say they wanted to talk to putin on this podcast and it was around the time that was like uh the whole ukraine shit was going on and i guess that shit's still going on but it was like peak that i forget who it was. I, fuck i don't know i mean somebody that could fix the fucking country right now <laughs> yeah i'd like to meet that individual too that'd be an interesting whoever, person <laughs> whoever that is i, I don't know i mean it's, it's probably kanye how would you take your coffee though <laughs> straight black straight black <laughs> yep. yeah straight straight black with the person that could save this country uh would be an interesting time um and it's definitely not yeah. kanye um it's unfortunately um but maybe there's somebody out there. But <laughs> anyways, guys, uh, if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you go check out Kyle Penny's social media down in the description below. We'll put all the links down there. Um, other than that, we'll see you next time. Cheers.